Eaching time is over. My learning time has begun. My teaching time was last time, but now it has time to begun. Learn. <laughs> now it's time for you to learn. And I'm, my learning will do burn. <laughs> I'm teaching Sweden to Eric Brostrom. Brostrom. I'll, I'll change I'll my Brestrom. name for you. <laughs> Eric Brostrom. I'll do it. You can just say it. I'll be Brostrom. Brostrom. I can be that. I can be that. I can be that. I will do that for you. Yeah, he's on Batman. I can be that guy. <laughs> I can be the the bread stream that Stockholm needs me to be. <laughs> what would a, bre- a bread stream? <laughs> can you go down to the bread stream and get a loaf? That's how I am an engelsk butler. Why bread, Mr. Brostrom? <laughs> bread scares me. <laughs> it's time my enemies fear. Share my fear. Master Broster. <laughs> Master Breadstream. Did uh did you see the latest Batman? Mm, uh, yes. I went I saw it in the theater. Yeah, man. I was between gigs mm-hmm. and we were gonna instead of taking the vehicle that was provided for us, we got a train so that we could watch it. Okay. On the way to the next stop, me and Isaac Jansson. Oh yeah, yeah. Var det på turné, liksom? Yeah. Sen i Stanatilien stad där de spelar den och yeah. vart var det då? I don't even know. It was between Gothenburg and is it called Schiene? Oh, could be Schiene. Oh, Schiene. I don't know what to Yeah, But we were there. Okay, cool. And we yeah watched it. And it was cool, man. Mm. It was like four times I thought it was over. I was like, oh, well, that was good. Yeah. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> it's a slow... It's not over yet. No. Oh, but he doesn't have that voice here. No, no, no. It's no. Yeah. I thought it was good. Uh, I was surprised. Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Welcome to Teach Me Sweden. We're talking about Batman just now. That's for the Lils. I know. They like it. They like it. I just want you to know that we know what's going on here. Yeah. I think Robert Pattinson is Robert Pattinson is jättebra. Jag tyckte inte. Jag hade inget till övers för honom när han var den här vampyrpojken. Uh, Men det uppskattar man honom är att han gjorde val för att ta sig ur det. Liksom. Jag tycker jag gillar. I never det. watched uh, Twilight. Jag såg alla. Yes. Really? Ja, av f- referens. Det är lite så i alla yeah, fall like, not watching Star Wars type of thing. Ja men, ja, men lite som komiker eh, särskilt improkomiker när folk slänger saker på dig. Mm. Vid tillfället så är det att man liksom ber om, ja men vi gör det här som en om man ska göra lite old school impro så är det typ så här, nu ska vi göra den här scenen som en mm. annan genre. Och på den här tiden, jag vet inte när Twilight var typ 04 till bla bla, jag vet inte, då gjorde vi mycket sånt short form. Uh. Och då var det så här kan vi få en genre? Och då var det bra om man såg många grejer. Så var det så här, Twilight. Och då bara, okej. Okay. Då använder man sin Never seen that. Next. Ja, eller hur? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did I no hear point. good fellas? Yeah. <laughs> Driving around. <laughs> <laughs> Driving around looking high on cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about a spaghetti recipe. Something in the trunk. What? You think you're better than me? I'm funny. I'm a musician. I'm a fucking clown. I said clown. Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> only do good, the only movie you've yeah. ever seen is Goodfellas. Forrest Gump. Uh, Twilight. Okay. Uh, oh, you're a, you're a werewolf. What? You, what? And what? I'm a vampire. What? You think I'm funny? <laughs> think I fucking amuse you? Well, how the I fuck am I you? funny? <laughs> Forrest Gump. Life is like a box of chocolate. What the fuck do you think I'm funny saying that? I amuse you. I'm a fucking clown. <laughs> like he's off the. <laughs> 
out of the troop. He only knows Goodfellas. And nobody ever suggests Goodfellas. The troop quit before me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we flash on? Nej, men jag, jag, jag gillade den i alla fall. Jag tyckte om Nolans också. För nu börjar jag tycka de är lite fåniga igen. Really? All, ja, men i tiden. Jag har sett dem väldigt många gånger. Mm. Jag tycker Dark Knight fortfarande är helt underbar på grund av Heath Ledger. Jag tycker verkligen att det är jävligt bra. Yeah. Men det är... Det är lite långs... Jag gillar, jag gillar inte Christopher Nolan, har jag märkt, hela tiden. Mm. Okej, okay, well. det är mycket så... Jo, jag gillar honom, men... Tänk på det här. It's not your thing then. You won't like the Batman movie. Tänk på det här nästa gång du ser en, en Nolan-film. Det är, den här, det är den här grejen typ så här. Hey, the commissioner isn't here. Yeah, you heard that he was blah, 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 exposition, exposition. Yes, he thinks he's better than us because exposition, exposition. Och så förklarar de. Mm. De vet informationen, mm. men berättar det för varandra. For us, yeah. För att berätta det för tittaren. Mm-hmm. Och det är ju en sån... Det är inte charmigt drag när man skriver manus. Agreed. Och han är väldigt bra <laughs> på att använda det. Och det stör mig lite. Men, bra filmer såklart. Jag ska Way inte hålla på. to shit on Batman. Yeah, well it's for the lils. <laughs> well now the lils know how Eric feels. And he's ruined Batman for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> But it's better than the... Who did the, who did the Batmans with Michael Keaton? Uh, uh, Tim like, Burton. Tim ja. Burton, right? Yeah. Jag tycker de är bra. Jag, you know, jag växte upp med dem. Växte inte upp med dem. I did too, but I yeah. felt like, like now these felt more grown up. Yes, those men, felt cartoony. But they're kind Mr. of Mr. Freeze. Det var inte Tim Burton. Han gjorde bara dem med Michael Keaton. Sen var det väl Kilmer. Det var Joel Schumacher. Och sen var det Batman and Robin, och det var också Joel Schumacher. But the Penguin is cartoonish. Ja, men inte så pjol. A lot of time and a little patience. <laughs> men han är inte så tokig faktiskt eh, som pingvinen. Det, han är överdriven. Men Tim Burton är väldigt bra på att göra allting väldigt cartoonish. Yeah, that's true. Och det finns liksom ett mörker i de två filmerna mm. som inte finns i de resterande två. Mm-hmm. Eh, yeah, that's true. Så det finns någonting med dem. Jag tycker de är, och Michael Keaton är ganska bra faktiskt som Batman. Alltså, yeah, han I är, thought it was good. Han, är, han kommer tillbaka som Batman. Nuh-uh. Jo, den här nya The Flash-filmen okay. Så kommer det vara lite Det är väldigt hippt nu med Parallella universum mm-hmm. Så både Ben Affleck är med som Batman och Michael Keaton Okej, så DC Ja, we'll see what it Yeah, up. we'll see what that shit up. is yeah. All right, well, that's enough for that Ja, we're gonna get this episode started Precis, förra gången så att jag skulle berätta någonting personligt Som toppade din uh, And you did And I did <laughs> You did it <laughs> All right, well, let's bring in the fills. Okay. Välkomna till Teach Me Sweden, en podcast där vi blandar historia och humor. Två komiker försöker lära varandra svensk historia, en för att för att han kommer från USA och en för att han inte lyssnade på lektionen. Jag heter Erik Broström <laughs> and I'm John the Rollins and in this episode I'll be teaching Erik about a guy who just wanted it all. Yeah. Ni kommer få höra Siffror. Yes. Och uh, vad man ska satsa på i Vegas. Yes man. Yeah. And uh, if it if it if it doesn't match. Oh. I don't want anything to do with it. Oh. Let's go. Strike it. <laughs> Thank you.
Jag blev så rädd. Jag såg dig. Du satt där. Welcome everyone to our little podcast. Jag tror du sa välkommen till mig. Jag var, tack, oh. tack, tack. Welcome Erik. Tack, välkommen Jonathan. And welcome listeners. In this uh, podcast that is a Swedish history podcast but not like any other Swedish history podcast. Nej, nej, nej. Because we're not historians. Fakta är inte viktigt här. No. I mean we're gonna everything's right. Yes. Everything's right but we're gonna Make, we're gonna make it fun. Tell a good story, but make it fun with jokes. Yeah. It's gonna be some jokes in here. It's gonna be some history. You're gonna, when you're done with this podcast, when you go and press OK to delete it out of your file or whatever, mm-hmm. you're gonna say, "I've learned." I've learned and I've laughed. I've laughed. I l l'd. I listened to a podcast with the Conan O'Brien needs a friend, and Jason Segel was guest. He was very famous from How I Met Your Mother, among others. He wrote "Forgetting Sarah Marshall." Och där, eh, Judd Apatow, han frågade honom vad ska jag tänka på när jag skriver den här? Och då sa Judd Apatow eh, Don't write it as a comedy. Write it as a drama and you'll find the funny. Because you're, uh, you're a funny guy. Yeah. You have the funny bones. Mm. Vilket jag gillar. Och det är det vi lite göra här. Vi försöker berätta en historisk händelse mm. men så måste vi få skämta också. Yeah, because mm. the jokes, they, they're not on me here. No. I'm just telling, in this episode, I'm just telling you. Yeah. A history story that I have exact. Know, exact. translated and written down. Det är där vi är. Jag är spänd. Yeah, I'm man. psyched, man. Well, let's get into it. Mm-hmm. This one was suggested by myself. Oh, really? I just went looking for something, man. I'll tell you at the end. Remind me at the end to tell you what I searched for to find this guy. Well, shout out to you, man. <laughs> yes. But if y'all have suggestions... Hit us up. Yes. You can send them to teachmesweden at gmail.com. And uh, if you want Eric to do it, send it in Swedish. And if you want me to do it, send it in English. Whenever I see it, or whoever is in the email inbox sees it in English, it goes to me. Sees it in Swedish, it goes to Eric. Exactly. I don't even read it. I don't even look at it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get into it, man. On March 2nd, 1880. I've heard this. Next uh, question. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> March 2nd, 1880. Ivar Kruger was born. Hmm. You Ivar, heard that name before? Ivar Kruger. No. No. Born in the city of Kalmar. You ever heard of the city of Kalmar? No. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I have. So you have. Yeah, I've been to Kalmar. I've been to Kalmar. Okay. He was born to a match industrialist named Ernst August Kruger. This is about Ernst from Channel 4. Oh, I'm, I'm just kidding. He just became Kirchsteiger because he thought his name was <laughs> exactly not too much as, uh, as Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Ernst August Kruger, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a match industrialist. And uh, the the mother was Jenny Emily Kruger, who mm-hmm. was a woman. Ivar had five siblings, and he was the oldest boy. Mm-hmm. He was a smart kid. Took private lessons outside of his normal schooling. And in turn, skipped two grades. Whoa. Yeah. I got offered to skip a grade when I was in school. I was ordered to, no, I <laughs> to go, go, go through the steps. Do a grade again. <laughs> no, I didn't. But. No, but they gave us that option. Okay. And then we turned it down. My mom was like, you already, with a summer birthday, you're younger than everybody already, and now you'll be 
a year younger than Oh, that. nej, det är inget bra, 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 bra. Nej, nej, nej. Yeah, so I was glad she, I'm kind of glad she did that. And then ja. I graduated in 2000, so that was cool too. Yeah. To be the class of 2000. Jag gick All också right. ut 2000, men det är olika system. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah, he uh, skipped those two grades. At the young age of 16, he started taking classes at Koti Ho. Oh, fuck. Och det fanns. Ja, det är klart det fanns. Yeah. Kungliga. Mm. He was 20 years old when he graduated with two master degrees. Jesus Christ. Nerd alert. What a nerd alert. Five <laughs> genius. Yeah, he's a little genius. Jag tr- vet vad det här? Jag ska inte spoilera det här, men jag vet vart det här är på väg. Matrix. <laughs> Och han är bara... It's Neo. Han bara, I know quantum physics. <laughs> I know kung fu. Do you want some more? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, his degrees were in mechanical engineering mm-hmm. and civil engineering. Okay. Smart guy. These are, that's not easy shit. I guess. It's like numbers and stuff. I, 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 I can't enter. It's through. engines. <sighs> it's, it's when you make engines. Listen to things. It's uh-huh. engineering. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'm childish. I can speak to everyone. <laughs> Even engines. Oh, how do you? Mm-hmm. Ivar had a woman in his life. In his young adult life. Han pluggade hela tiden. Jag säger inte att han inte hade det för att han var nörd. Jag säger att han pluggade hela tiden. But as a young adult, this is the story of the first incel. Uh, as a young, no, I'm just kidding. As a young adult, he had a woman in his life named Ingeborg Hessler. Huh. They met in 1913. She wanted to get serious, especially back then. You want to get meet a guy, get married. You see this genius dude whose father's a match industrialist. Oh, let's get married. But he didn't. He was focused on business. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want to go in on a, a family and stuff. He's focused on business. He wanted to make a name for himself in the business world. Okay. So anybody was like, "Fuck that!" Broke up the relate, broke off the relationship in 1917. Four years later. Good, good for him. Good There's for a her. Quick side story I want to throw in that mm-hmm. I found out. Sometimes you you you've seen this when you research and you find a little gem, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Well, this is one. Okay. Ingbori. Oh. Ingbori was kind of a badass. Uh-huh. She left Ivar because she wanted to start a family, and, she, and he was focused on business. So she was like, "Fuck this guy!" And then she met and married a guy from Denmark. Mm-hmm. She had a baby with this guy. Mm-hmm. Then she got tired of that guy. I was like, "You know what? I'm going back to Sweden. You're, you're, you know, you're from Denmark. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you're from, you're Denmark. from Denmark. We can't, <laughs> can't stay together." <laughs> so she went back to Sweden with the baby. Yeah, the guy comes to Stockholm where she lives. Kidnaps the baby. Holy moly. Like, I'm gonna hang out with the kid. Goes back to Denmark with the kid. And she's like, what the fuck? And I'm guessing that he was like, she'll come back and we'll be together type of thing. She goes back to Denmark, grabs the kid, rents a private fishing boat, brings the kid back to Sweden. Like, fuck that. We're staying here. Wow. Yeah. Och hur många gånger upprepades det här? The last one was last year. Ah. No, no. Mm. That was, that was the, I just found that. I saw that story. I thought I wanted to tell you that. Oh. Anyway, Kruger was off and on with Ingeborg throughout his life. They were just like, oh, no kids or anything. But they had a little cool, cool, cool. Or like, oh, they were serious. And then, you know, she's oh. probably tired of him being his, and then she move on or whatever. She seemed like she needs some attention. Okay. She need to be taken care of. Like hon she vet was, att hon har Ivar. Yeah. That, yeah, exactly. Hon har den där nörden. Hon är, han är Forrest Gump. Och hon She's är Jenny. Jenny. Oh, yes. Hon bara, men jag vill hänga med hippies. Jag vill hänga med cockheads. I have two degrees. Yeah. <laughs> 
I have a master's <laughs> in technical engineering and civil engineering. If if somebody fucks with you and get bored, I won't be civil. <laughs> but I won't marry you. Cause I'm I focus on my shrimp company. <laughs> got my career to think about. <laughs> Oh, herregud, vi är där igen. Yeah, I love man. it. It's I always, it. that's our thing. Oh. Okay, so around 1900, Kruger, mm-hmm. he spent seven years traveling and working abroad. Oj. As an engineer. Över olika länder liksom. US. Oh, nice. Mexico. Bra land. South Africa. Bra där. Other countries as well. Cool. But he spent most of that time in the US. Okay. In South Africa, he ran a restaurant for a short while. Va? Varför då? Han hade alla de där degrees in you. Yeah, but he's just like, you know what, let's run a restaurant. Was it a shrimp company? Ah! It was called uh, Bubba Gump. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was with his friend Anders. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They were in the jungle together, and Anders said, you sleep with your head against mine, I'm going to sleep with mine. <laughs> That way we don't have to sleep with our heads up in the mud. <laughs> Anders oh. Jordal is his name. Oh. And they did the restaurant thing for a bit, and then they, started, they, they sold it. Så det känns som att han testar lite olika grejer. Han har med, han har med examen i, i ingenjör, i, olika ingenjörsexamen. Men han är ändå så här, nej men fan driver en restaurang i USA. Yeah. Ja. Oh, uh, cool. No, South, South Africa. Uh, South Africa, okay. Um, at an early age he came in contact with the patented con system. Mm-hmm. K-A-H-N, not C-O-N. K-A... Con. Yeah, uh, almost like the, the popular Saudi name, you know what I mean? Con. Con, like in Star Trek? I guess the Wrath of Khan. Uh, it's the it's the system that they had um, that was for concrete steel constructions, and mm. it was used by Julius Khan's uh, trusted concrete steel company. Okay. Okay. Uh, and that was uh, he he found out about that, and this technique had not been introduced in Sweden at the time. So in 1907, he managed to get the representative rights for that system. Ooh. For both Sweden and Germany. Oy. And at the end of 1907, he returned to Sweden with the goal of introducing the new methods in both countries Hade de at the same time. Wow! Hade, men han heter ju Kryger. Hade han något tyskt påbrå innan han... Alltså han föddes ju här, men Kryger är väldigt tyskt. Uh, it sounds like it, but uh, I didn't see anything. Okay, like cool. I didn't see where his father was from. Oh, uh, okay. It känns ju som att... it was the late 1800s that he was born, so I don't know. Um... <clears throat> But awesome. at that time, one of the experts in Sweden and concrete steel constructions was his cousin, Henrik mm-hmm. Kruger. Mm-hmm. And he was working at Kotiho. Yeah. So in May, the next year, 1908, Kruger formed a construction firm, Kruger Oktol, in Sweden, with the engineer Paul Toll. Uh, and, were, and Paul was working for a construction company, Kasper Höglund, Um, and his cousin Henrik was on board as well, working at the uh, at Kotiho as a, the faculty of civil engineering, huh. um, as a consultant engineer. Mm-hmm. And then in Germany, he formed a company there, so that he can get this whole uh, steel process out. The construction method of constructing uh, buildings was not fully accepted in Sweden because it's fucking Sweden. Yes. And they're like, no, we mm. still put <laughs> potatoes in the windows yes. here. Yes. Nytt sätt? Nej. Vi gör som vi gör. Ja, det är ju det vi gör. 
So um, <laughs> in order to market the new technique, he held a bunch of lectures. Because that's how you get through the Swedes. Yes. And he wrote an illustrated article on the subject in a leading engineering mag- magazine that was called Teknisk Tidskrift. Och hur, vad var grejen? Vad, vad var det, det här grejen var? Liksom? I, didn't, uh, I didn't get, like, the, I don't know that much engineering stuff. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, so before we start know. in Tillpod. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Teach me engineer. Okay. So, um, but the, however, even though I don't know, I do know that the new technology was a success, mm-hmm. and their firm won several prestigious contracts, such as the construction of the Stockholm Olympic Stadium. Ooh, det är det som är stadion nu va? In 1911 to 1912, I don't know. Lite jävligt, det ligger precis vid KTH också. It's very close. I know the stop, but I don't yeah. know that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the Stockholm Olympic Stadium. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In 1911. I'm sorry. And foundation for the foundation work for the new Stockholm City Hall, mm-hmm. 1912-1913, and Jesus, a certain department store everybody's probably seen before. And cool, juf, juf, juf. And yes, cool, juf, juf, juf. and cool. Mm-hmm. They did that one too in Stockholm. Cool. The chief engineer behind all of those projects was Henrik Krüger. Okay. So innovation in the construction business also included a definite commitment to finish the building on time. Huh? At the time, the financial risk of delays were assumed by the clients, which is What? bananas. <laughs> hey, we're going to be late. You're going to owe us more money. Wow. That's how it went back then. Sorry, man. We're running behind. So uh, It's going to cost you. <laughs> it's like, man, uh, God, I had to pay extra because they're running late. Yeah. <laughs> What? What are you We fikar. Are you clear in time? Nej. <laughs> Så hämta, hämta, get more money. <laughs> exactly. So Kruger and Toll, this company was like, you know what? We commit to finish projects by a certain date. Wow. Thus shifting the risk to the builder What? themselves. Uh. Who is in the best position to reduce delays. Yes. And then... Uh, They uh, won a contract. An example of that is they won a contract to build a six-story, and then they called it a skyscraper back then. Svenskar. They're so cute. Can you build us a skyscraper? Vi kan bygga en skyddskapa, men du vet hur himlen bara är ungefär 12 meter upp i luften. Så att, alltså, det kommer se konstigt ut, men himlen är högre i New York. Så det är en skitskrapa. The, 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 yeah. the Swedish guy. Mm, the, the Swedish guy solo. I mean, technically it does scrape it. Yes. <laughs> Tänk när dimman kommer där på hösten. Då känns det verkligen som att himlen är där. Ja. Nu förstår jag. Mm-hmm. Såklart. Skrapa skyn där. So he was going to build this six-story skyscraper, right? Yep. And he promised that if construction was not finished by a particular date, Kruger and Toll would give the client a partial refund of roughly 12,000 crowns uh, per day, which today is 180,000 crowns. Holy shit. For each late day. Whoa. And at the time, Kruger and Toll's entire capital would have covered just two days of being late. Wow. So that was quite the gamble. Mm-hmm. The client, in turn, agreed to pay a bonus... For every day the building was finished. 
before the due date. Och han visste att han hade en bra metod här. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. So they're like, you know what? We want to give money away anyway because that was the old way. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see you and we'll give you extra money if you're Wow. Så hur mycket tidigare blev de klara? They finished early. Yeah. They didn't say how much money it was. But okay. they finished early. And subsequently, they completed, they earned bonuses for every single project they did. Shit. Because they were always early. Yeah. And within a few years, Kruger and Toll was seen as the best building company in Sweden and one of the top firms in all of Europe. Wow. Yeah, this guy's doing it, man. Yeah. Within six years after its incorporation, Kruger and Toll earned annual profits of around two million crowns. <sighs> Shit. And they were paying a substantial dividend of 15%. In 1917, they were they split into two companies, Kruger and Toll Construction, albeit, um, owned mostly by Paul Toll. And uh, Ivar Kruger wasn't even among the board members uh, in the construction company. Um, and it hadn't been revealed then how much Ivar owned, but that ta- Paul Toll owned it. Himself. Okay. He okay. owned 60% of it uh-huh. in 1917. Kruger and Toll has never shown up at any of Kruger and Toll Holdings organizational charts. So they kept it separate. But why? Yeah. Lite fishy, eller? Men vad gjorde Ivar då då? Om han inte liksom ens var där? Oh, Ivar was working on other stuff. Uh-huh. He didn't just focus. Just like he had that cafe. You know what I mean? He, he's a... You'll see. <laughs> okay. But he kept Kruger and Toll Holdings, yeah, and that became his financial holding company, mm-hmm. with himself as the general manager and major shareholder. Okay, so like this is his thing. Yeah. So, as far as the holding company, you know, that's just like to to make financial moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he controlled it with a tight grip. The board of directors consisted of Ivar, his father. <laughs> and Paul Toll and two very close colleagues. So it's not like they had this broad board. Yeah. And once he got involved, uh, he got involved in his father's match factories in Kalmar. Max? Match. Match. Because it was an industrial match. That's what I said. Uh, yeah, okay. At the yeah, 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 yeah. So he got more focused on constructing new companies mm-hmm. or taking control of other companies. Yeah. Usually paying with his own securities instead of cash. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, no, I have this, which is worth this. So he's like using assets. And he's like, it's like Trump before Trump. Yeah. Moving money around that is kind of yours, but not really. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but he wasn't using, back then they used to use buildings and bridges was kind of the thing they did. Mm-hmm. So it's like, the, uh, I got this bridge. So, you know, I know this is worth, this is a physical thing you have. But he's saying, I have this company, and it's worth what I told you it's worth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay. Thus, by 1927, Ivar had bought banks, yeah. mining companies, okay. railways, Holy shit. timber and paper firms, film distrib- distributors, wow. real estate in several European cities, as well as a controlling stake in Ericsson, the new phone company back yeah. then. And it was Sweden's leading phone company. What then. are you going to do with all that shit? He controlled about 50% of the world market <laughs> in iron in iron. Okay, yeah, yeah. and cellulose. Yep. He owned mines all over the world. 
uh. including one uh, called uh, Boliden in Sweden. Oh, Boliden. The, mm-hmm. Which had one of the richest gold deposits outside of South Africa in the in addition to other minerals. Mm. Kruger formed Swedish Match. Oh, shit. He merged his father's business with other match factories that he quietly bought during World War One. So he's like, hey, man, y'all need some money? I got you. <laughs> so wow. he's coming in and buying. The initial capital was, it was about $1.5 back then. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, no, no. $1.5 now. Yeah. But um, it was... A hundred million back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ivar owned half of it. Wow. Shit. And he held <laughs> he held all senior positions and controlled the board of directors. Ja, jag förstår varför han inte skaffar en fru. Yeah, he's busy. But ingen tid är busy. Men är upptagen inte ens förnamnet. Hur fan ska han orka? Hur orkar man? Han kan inte sova. Han är en sån där som aldrig sover. Ah, he's got to be. Wake up yeah. three in the morning, go to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> go to bed 2 a.m. Yeah. Go up, up 3 a.m. Yeah. Get started. Crazy. He had a Swedish banker on his on his uh, that he hung out with um, named Oscar Riedbeck. Mm-hmm. And uh, Riedbeck started teaching him about finances, like all the stuff you can do with money. Yeah. Det känns som att han hade ett bra ganska bra grepp på det ändå. Men he knew how to invest take, in take over country yeah, companies. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, Oscar was like teaching him how money works. Okay. Internationally as well. Kanske en läxa. Man mm. inte borde lära en sån person. Mm, no, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he worked for Kruger and Toll as a consultant. Okay. As far back as 1912. Mm-hmm. So we're getting into... So that was a long time. Yeah. In 1911 and 1912, the Kruger family match factories in Kalmar... Fredriksdal and Monsteros was run by his father Ernst Kruger, uncle Frederick, and brother Torsten. Hmm. And then he went had some financial problems. Oscar Riedbeck got with him and said, "Let's turn the factories into a stock corporation and make some more money, more capital." Mm-hmm. And uh, this was the starting point for the reformation of the Swedish match industry as well as major match companies in Norway and Finland. Wow. Mm. And the goal, their goal, of course his goal, was to control the entire match industry in Scandinavia. Yeah. And uh, they used the the family match factories as their base. And then they founded, albeit Kalmar Munsteros, Tandstiksfabrik. Yeah. In 1912. And he made his father and his brother and his uncle the major shareholders. So he's keeping the money in the family. Mm-hmm. And Torsten was the general manager. And he became a board member, of course. And then he merged this company with small match companies all over Sweden. Mm. Just starts buying them up, basically. And then... Uh, but då Rickard Tändare kom med en ny uppfinning. And then they merged. Yeah. And now oh, they, you, you have they s- own fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have uh, these uh, wooden sticks? Okay, look at this. Come <laughs> <laughs> on. <about>, oh! <laughs> and then they went after uh, the largest match company in Sweden, albeit Jönköping Vulcan. Mm. Speaking of Star Wars. That's a good Trek. name. Yeah. Vulcan. Uh, and then Svenska Tand- Tandsticks, albeit. Mm-hmm. Which is called Swedish Match Abroad, and uh, and they they founded that after they took over that uh, uh, Arbe Young Shopping Vulcan. Yeah, 
and Swedish Match was founded in 1917. Yeah. But he had tried to get them back in 1912 when they were initially grabbing stuff. Yeah. But they're um but they weren't interested um in Vulcan. But that was the dominating company in Sweden. So but the Vulcan's like, ah, yeah. what were we We have a cool name. We we exactly. Vulcan. Yeah. Eld. We're not backing up. You're in shopping Vulcan, is that how you say it? Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, it depends on who you stay with. But V-U-L-C-A-N. Yeah. Well, that's Vulcan, Vulcan. but oh, I guess okay. I don't know. In in this time period, maybe Vulcan was. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, who knows? So Ivar, uh, after 1912, they got shut down by Vul- Vulcan, and they weren't even Vulcan wasn't even interested. Mm. And then Ivar started acquiring all of them around, as well as the raw material companies he can get too. Yeah. So he's like getting everything matchish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he finally got them to accept the merger. And he was so persuasive and arguing for the merger that he managed to overvalue his side of the deal. Oh. Like saying, Hey, we have this much money. And they're uh, like, Wow, you got this much money? And he lied. He was not telling the truth. And and this worked. So he was able, as the smaller company, to buy <laughs> A larger, a larger company. company, and add that to his thing. So then he decided to make this his prime tactic. <laughs> so that's how money works. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Oscar, <laughs> thanks, bro. <laughs> oh, you, I'd about to say, you. <laughs> yeah. So then he took him and Rebek came together and was like, "It's a pretty good idea, man. This could be our strategy." Oh my god. So the total number of shares in the new company was four hundred fifty thousand. Which Kruger earned two hundred twenty-three thousand of them, so he owns half of, and this is the biggest in the Scandinavia. Yeah, um, and then he also has uh, the holding company Kruger and Toll. Yeah, he's got six thousand shares. Oh, paying it, eh? So this company group now covered the entire match industry in Sweden, including all the major companies that manufacture the production machines used in the factory. Total number of employees working in match production uh, in Sweden. Um, wow, in 1917, uh, was around 9,000, and it had control over major company supply and raw material for the match industry as well. Hmm. So he owns pretty much everything. Men vad gjorde han på en lördag kväll då? He had the largest match company in Norway. Uh-huh. He had the one in fin- Finland, uh, and he. Introduced a new way of thinking in the Swedish match industry with large-scale production facilities. Of course you could do that. You got all this fucking money. Yeah. As well as ideas to increase efficiency in production, administration, distributing, and marketing. So he's using his engineer background along with his lion yeah, to yeah, yeah. buy him up, and then, but he's still improving the process. That's next to the talking about they're lying in engineering. <laughs> and there was a German chemist that invented phosphorus matches in 1832. But it's dangerous because yellow phosphorus is poisonous. Mm-hmm. And it was in the match head, and thus could easily light by accident. So it's like, oh yeah, it's no no bueno. So in Sweden, they improved the design of it by using red phosphorus. Oh, and they put that on the matchbox. Yeah, and it was like safety matches. That's how we got those. And it made Sweden the leading exporter of matches. Snicked. And made matches the most important Swedish export. Fan, vad nice. För det var, man, man kunde, när jag växte upp och började tjuvröka kunde man köpa sådana här cowboy-tändstickor. Mm-hmm. På västern tiden så knäppte man med tummen mm. på själva stickan. 
och så tändes den. Mm. Det tyckte jag var coolt. Man kunde även ta det på stöven, du vet. Ah, yeah, så är det är yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In 1900 matches were a necessity for smoking mm. and the lighting of stoves and gas appliances mm. among other uses and therefore demand. Och, och att tända ett, på toaletten när man har skitit tänder man en tändsticka så luktar det bättre. Oh, for the smell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I used to do that when I took it. I've never done it. But I've uh, done it when I, oof, damn. Because uh, like, we used to say that, oh, strike a match. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the demand was high. Mm-hmm. And then if you have a monopoly, yeah. you can raise the price whenever yes. the fuck you want. Yes. Without affecting the quantity sold. Because you have no competition. Yeah. So um, he kept expanding by acquiring match companies all over Europe. Uh, and then he set up an affiliate, Kruger and Toll, albeit in the U.S., Uh, and then uh, with somebody named Lee Higginson and Company in New York and formed the International Match Corporation. Wow. They eventually came to control. Guess how much in the world? How many? How much match? <laughs> how much matches? How, how much of the match production in the world they control? Well, okay, we say that it's China in It's in the world. Say 80% though. Close. Yeah. 75% of the mm, world production shit, matches. Yeah. Shit. But he didn't stop there. From 1925 to 1930, a lot of com- countries, as you may know, suffering after the First World War. Yeah. So, Kruger, with all his money, started giving loans to governments <laughs> What the fuck? to speed up reconstruction. Hey, man. I heard what happened to you after the war, man. But <laughs> 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 just... 17%. <laughs> I will let you borrow 3.2 billion dollars or oh. or whatever you have as your currency. Is this Belgium? Is it Brussels? <laughs> How are you doing? Are y'all got euro. So, uh as security, governments would grant him cuz you're like, "Oh, what? Thank you. What can we do for you?" I'll take your match companies. <laughs> Han bara grant, älskar tändstickor. They would grant him the match monopoly in their country. So Kruger gained monopoly match in production, sales, or distribution, or complete monopoly. På 60-talet så fanns det en hippiegrupp som heter The Matchstick Man. Är det här han? It's his kid. <laughs> But the agreements differ from country to country. The capital raised uh, to a large extent through loans from Swedish and American banks. Mm-hmm. That's how he was getting his money, combined with issuing a large amount of participation debentures. Kruger also often moved mon- money from one corporation he controlled to another. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of fake money. It's fake money in ahead of its time. Way ahead of its mm. time. And then he gained control of uh, forestry industry. Most of it in northern Sweden. Oh, Nuvin said on there. What's going on? Oh, just the movie. Trees. <laughs> trees. Let's get the trees. <laughs> and he planned to become head of a cellulose cartel. He also attempted to create a telephone monopoly in Sweden, too. Of course. He wants to own everything. Uh, he founded a pulp manufacturer in, uh, in 1929. <laughs> and he tried to acquire the majority shares of Ericsson. I saw... Ett telefonmonopol. 
med en man som är besatt av tändstickor. Så det hade varit så här typ. Hej farmor, hej hej. Så hör man bara så här, prata mer om tändstickor. Nej, nej, alltså farmor har precis fyllt år. Va, vad hände på kalas? Fick du någon tårta? Prata mer om tändstickor. Så <laughs> like, why does it yeah. you say something, baby? <laughs> Okej, okay, då lägger jag på då. You say Va? something, baby? Hello, baby. For some reason I want to strike a match. <laughs> De stängde av mitt abonnemang. Well, should have talked more about matches. <laughs> And that's the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should have talked more about matches. Ericsson. Ding, ding. Uh, brought to a, you by Kruger. He tried to acquire the, the mining company in uh, the gold mine in mm-hmm. Boliden. Uh, ball, man, ball bearing manufacturer SKF. The bank Scandinaviska Credit Akti Bolaget and other large companies like that. As you can see. And then outside of Sweden, he acquired the Deutsche, bank, Deutsche Unions Bank mm-hmm. in Germany, Union de Banque à Paris in France. Mm-hmm. And they often did it with uh, their own money. Like he's like yeah. using them. Uh, and they were made both um, necessary and possible by his invention, decades ahead of his time, Enron-style financial engineering, hmm. which reported profits when there were none and paid out ever-increasing dividends by attracting new investment. Jesus. It's a Ponzi scheme. Uh, and looting the treasury of a newly acquired company. So he'd take them in, take them, flood the, the like, pull all the money out. Yeah. Use that to bring in the next company. Shit. Give us stressit. Give us stressit. Bro. Uh, yes. Ugh. By 1931, Kruger controlled some 200 companies. I mean, f- if, I think it's too much. I draw a line for 198. Helt klart. Yeah, they can. They clear them out, but not not over 200. Uh. <clears throat> in 1929, at the peak of his career, his fortune was thought to be worth 30 billion Swedish crowns. Uh, and that's equivalent to approximately a... Tr- <laughs> that's <laughs> a almost fake, crazy A fake it. number <laughs> that no one knows. <laughs> a trillion... A trillion crowns yeah. in 2000. Yeah. Consisting of more than 200 companies. In 2000 or now? In the year 2000, it says. Jesus. And I know, which now is one point something trillion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the same year, total loans made by Swedish banks were barely 4 billion sec. So he himself had almost a thousand percent of the money that Swedish banks had. Jesus Christ. So uh, he did this monopoly thing. Um, these schemes that he was doing have been around versions of it for a time, but Kruger was creative in invent- of inventing new ways of financing business uh. while making sure that he kept control of his companies. Uh. He financed his activities by selling shares of bonds of his company as well as through large bank loans. Um, the use of debt in addition to equity is called leverage, and it magnifies both gains and losses. So uh. it's just... Fucking lying. That's all. It, I mean, bra, men bra lögn. Also, bra lögnare. So then he uh, he invented dual class ownership shares. Mm-hmm. So to make it look like, the way I understand this, he makes it look like you and I are shareholders, right? Mm-hmm. 
but we're not just shareholders. One of us is a class A shareholder and one of us is a class B shareholder. And the class A shareholder has way less power than the class B shareholder uh-huh. who has a thousand times as much power and uh, control as me, the class A shareholder who thinks I'm just a shareholder. So he like makes himself the one, the class B shareholder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jag borde nog, min narcissistiska drag borde nog, I want to be A. Like, if I'm going to be class A. No, I want to be class A with the power. I mean, the terminology. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like, why is B better? I want the power. Class A. I'm class A, motherfucker. He sells it like that, too. Well, you can interview class A. Or class... <laughs> class bullshit. B Gest- for bullshit. Gesturing how much it stinks <laughs> with a wave with your uh, by your nose. Or you can be class B. Or you if can, you want. Or you can be class A. You want to be an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> One of his biographers called it an ingenious piece of financial engineering. Mm-hmm. He began with Swedish Match where he divided the common shares into two classes. Each class would have the same claim to dividends and profits. But the B shares... I'm sorry, A had the bigger one. B was the worst. Oh, it was. Okay. B shares would carry one one one-thousandth of a vote compared to one vote for each A share. And he had the A shares. I had it backwards. But now I think it was dumb. We should have done that. We should have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe... uh, Yeah. Maybe things would have gone differently for them. I get the A shares and you get the B shares. Which mm-hmm. one is better? Well, uh, the B shares. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and that still goes on, but now there's more regulations when people start figuring this shit out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back then, no regulations. No. Um, yeah, as I said, yeah, there were restrictions. There's a... Oh, the tech stuff is kind of boring. The share stuff is kind of boring. Um, he invented another financial instrument, which continues to be used. It's nowadays known as the American Depository Receipts, huh. and it was called Kruger and Toll American Certificates. Why in the American investors hadn't seen investments like this. It's part bond, part preferred stock, part profit sharing option. It just sounds muddy already. Yeah, and it enables investors to gain exposure to a foreign company that had been paying dividends of twenty five percent. And it will be backed by the largest private loan to a foreign government like Germany. Uh, and then they get the this biggest loan. So it probably makes it look like it's more money huh. that's coming in because okay. of this big loan. Huh. And in the midst of growing panic, investors went crazy. And uh, they're like, oh, all this money is here because it's coming from a government. And they bought $28 million of the new securities. And it happened two days after the giant stock market crash, Black Monday, yeah. Shit. So, so it looks so. It looks so good that they were bought it after two days after. Wow. The biggest stock market crash, the legendary. Crazy. Oh, like Um, he he owned a lot of bona fide companies, as I said, to over two hundred companies, but he was an avid gambler. <laughs> 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 is this guy the greatest guy ever? <laughs> oh. I gotta fund this. Oh, it's sug but in caramelen. Oh, it. He must not care about money, right? No. A lot of people I've heard about people. Wow. I know. I know a professional poker player. Oh. Money is like money isn't a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I, I, this has to be why this guy's like. Sack it. If you have more money than your company's bank, yeah, you probably money is whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. he, he played with his personal money, 
especially <laughs> the money of the corporations he controlled. Vad hittar han för po- vad hittar för spela med som kan liksom syna? Imagine him at the ruler at the table. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna put Germany on black. Yeah. <laughs> This is all the money from the German company on black. Let's go, baby. Okay, Texas Hold'em. Ivar, Ivar. Um, yeah, uh, France. <laughs> Anyone want to call it? Uh, no, no, we don't have any. We have no. I don't have, no, I don't have four trillion trillion dollars. Keys to my wife's Mercedes. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Why is his wife on the table? <laughs> Because the Mercedes wasn't enough. <laughs> he treated most of his companies as if they were exclusively his personal property. Oh, how did I get it? Getting you fuck. He frequently transferred wow. fun, transferred funds from one corporation to a, another corporation oh. with little formality. Just like, ah, let's just take the money from here. You know what? Bring the Deutsch. Yeah. He had dummy corporations. Uh-huh. Holding corporations, the shit they're still doing to this day, and it helped him hide exactly what he was doing, because he uh, was fucking around like that. He also um, used other people as front men to conceal his actions. Huh. For example, when he acquired almost half of the outstanding shares of Diamond Match Company, so as not to raise antitrust concerns with the USA, because the U.S. is looking into shit like this. Uh, uh, shit is uh, not. Uh. Um. He frantically gambled with securities in uh, uh, 1932 of corporations that he controlled with the vain attempt to reverse their falling prices. So he's like, you know what? I'll fix this. Let's hit the roulette table. Wow. <laughs> that was his way of fixing. Oh, my God. Uh, his Like keeping his Ponzi scheme up was like, I'm going to play blackjack. Men från geni till vansinne. För att det låter ju som att han var väldigt uttänkt. Yeah, right. Men han tror ändå att han kan lösa det med roulette. It's like the end of a horror movie. Yeah. When like the bad guy starts slipping up. Yeah. Or thriller. I shouldn't say horror movie. Like a thriller. And you don't buy it. It's like, come on, man. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But now this is proof this shit happened. Shit. Starts getting stressed out. Oh Between God. the end of February and early March 1932, he needed to make over $10 million for payments, which nowadays... Would have been two hundred million dollars, mm-hmm. <laughs> so two billion crowns. What did two hundred million tills per fred up? Yep, <laughs> um. and it was for payments, including Kruger and told dividends. Um, his speculations were in foreign currencies, equities, and derivatives, and he also signed loan agreements with governments, not knowing where the funds would be coming from. It's like I got you, man. I got you. I got you, wow. man. It's me. It's Kruger, man. I'm good for it. <laughs> Hey, Portugal! It's Poland. Yeah, whatever. Can you send over? Uh... <laughs> it's Poland. <laughs> hey, I know how many of you guys it takes to do a light bulb. Uh, so, we can't pay you, So, for here's an example: the majority stake he had bought in a chemical company in Gresham, Germany, returned 15 times his investment after two years. Okay. When it became a part of IG Farben, and part of his attraction for investors were the high dividends that he paid. Therefore, he had to also make sure he had the money to pay those dividends. Yeah. Um, It's never been established how much he lost in these efforts in early 1932. But it's been estimated to be between 50 million and 100 million dollars. Oh, shit. In 1932. Wow. Which today would be 1.5 and 2 billion. Oh. 
Just lose it. Alltså. Jävla stolpskott alltså. He made a uh, he made a loan to Poland. Mm-hmm. And as he signed it, he was like, I don't know where this. I, I don't have I don't have it. <laughs> I ain't got it. <laughs> he made a, a deal with Germany. He's just he's just giving up. <laughs> he's still signing deals though. I, like, more power to him. Can't even sleep till you're up. I can't stop clean. signing. I'm a signaholic. The physical, the physical pinger. Hey, 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 Germany's. I got a Germany deal next week. Two $2 billion dollars today is what he signed for a deal with Germany. With the conditions that Germany signed a plan that he had and award him a match monopoly. He's like, still dealing with the match. Let's do it, baby. How do you turn six score on that, sir? But at the, at the time, he already owned 70% of the German match production. So they're like, take it, take it, 30% more. Yeah. Fuck it. You already yeah, yeah, have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, basically yeah. have it. Yeah. So he still had no... He couldn't pay for that shit. It's starting to build up. Kan det vara så här? Att eh, han kände någon som var så här Rain Man, alltså en stereotyp av en autist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Och bara, jag ska fan se till att äga alla tändstickor. Och sen ska slänga <laughs> dem på golvet. Och så får vi se om man kan räkna ut dem. Kan det vara så? Och jag säger inte på något sätt att and det är... bet on it. And bet on it. <laughs> Let's go to Vegas, baby. Here's a uh, the French Prime Minister, Prime Minister Aristide Briand. Classica shout out. Decided to repay, because he was in big trouble, right? 1932, and his Prime Minister says, "You know what? I loaned 75 million dollars, so I'll pay you early. I happen to have it on me. Nay, I'm a sock." In my sock, in my sock drawer. <laughs> so uh, the friend, the, the, they agreed to pay it early, and that was right on time for the Germany money. Oh, really? So it came right in, and he probably was sweating. Yeah, a little, a fucking little. So he got lucky in that one. Yeah. And uh, they're saying either he like negotiated, hey man, I need that, I need that money. Yeah. Or it just happened like that. But yeah. regardless, he got the money at the last minute. Yeah. Didn't get um, exposed as a fraud. Shit. He didn't get exposed. Shit. The total loans by Kruger to foreign states yeah. have been estimated to $387 million in 1930. Yeah. Which is $7.1 to $10.4 billion. Dollars. Back in 2013. Uh-huh. That's when they did this estimate. Uh-huh. That's a lot of fucking that's money. F- that's a, I'm, I'm, I'm numb by the numbers by this point. I know I'm going long. No, no, no. It's no. I, it's, uh, it's just that <laughs> how much worse can it even get? Well, I'm going to do every country. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, how much worse for him? I'm, I'm not... telling you. Here's where, here's where we're at. Okay. Poland, six yeah. million. Uh-huh. And then it went back to Poland in 19 five years later 32.4 million free state Danzig I don't know what that is in 1931 million Greece uh 1 million pounds in 1931 1926 1 million pounds uh Ecuador 2 million in 1927 and then again 1929 1 million these are dollars yeah France 1927 75 million yeah 1928 Yugoslavia 22 million 1928, Hungary, 36 million. 1929, Germany, 125 million. 
1928, Latvia, 6 million. Romania, 1930, 30 million. Lithuania, these are still dollars, 1930, 6 million. Bolivia, 1932 million. Estonia, 1928, 7.6 million crowns. Yeah. Guatemala, 1930, 2.5 million dollars. Turkey, 1930, 10 million dollars. Part of the young loan they did to Germany 19, in 1930 and the U.S., 15 million dollars. He planned to issue a loan of 75 million to Italy, known as the Italian bond, in 1930, but it never got completed. Okay. And then uh, a Swiss banker in 1931, during a meeting, warned uh, of a bankruptcy of Kruger's match company. He's like, "This can't. Yeah, this can't hold up." And then rumors start spreading by mid 1931 that this shit is unstable. You know how you build a house with matches. <laughs> <laughs> matches matches and uh what's it called? I can't think right now. Marshmallows. <laughs> Say wait a minute. Is this a chair? Can I sit on this? He's, sure. He says he has the the Chrysler building built with matches. So then Kruger, who reportedly has more money than Sweden, turned to Sveriges Riksbank. For a loan, maybe. Yeah, and it's the second time in his life that he went to them. Mm-hmm. He's been in the game since 1911. It's 1932. Yeah. And this is only his second time going to the bank for a loan. Yeah. Because he's been having all this fake money. Mm. Um, Shit. But at the time, he had he had started out... Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Second time asking for them to support... Uh, raising large increases in his loans. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I need to borrow for real. But they were saying, bro, <laughs> you have loans for about half of the Swedish reserve right now. Sorry. <laughs> Help so, yourself uh, for a cup of coffee on the way out. <laughs> exactly. Nay, for lot. So at the time he was, he went to the he went to the United States, uh-huh. and, uh huh, and he was asked to return to Europe <laughs> immediately. For well, yeah, <laughs> for a meeting with the Riksbank. Oh yeah, they're like, "What's going on, man?" Uh, and he went to uh to France, arriving in Paris on the 11th of uh, March in 1932. He had a meeting. Uh, with Ruth, and it was scheduled to take place two days later. Um, he met with Christo Litterin, the president of his holding company. Yeah. And he met with Oscar Riedbeck. Yeah. His, uh, who taught him finances. Yeah. Good uh, job on teaching. On March 11th to prepare. But the day after that meeting, and the day before, he was supposed to meet with the Riksbank. Yeah. And like... Uh, it's like a call, come to Jesus meeting. Yeah. He was found dead in his apartment. Oh, shit. At uh, Avenue Victor Emmanuel in France. And they questioned his servants because he had servants. He had a French maid, Mademoiselle Baralt, and a janitor. <laughs> I was never paid. He told me, he told me a lot of French friends. <laughs> he ordered a croissant and yeah. he never ate it. He said I would get my salary from another guy, Monsieur Boulebou. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
So they had talked to him in the morning, and then the police, the French police, and a physician came to the conclusion that he shot himself sometime between 10:45 a.m. and 12:10 p.m. It was a nine-millimeter semi-automatic found on the bed beside the body. He knew the he knew the jig was up. So how old was he then? He was born in 1880. 1880. This is 1932. So now, oh, yeah, uh, 50-something. Yeah, so he's pretty young. Yeah. He left a sealed envelope in a room addressed to Christa Litterin, which contained three other <laughs> sealed envelopes. And they're like, what type of joke is this? <laughs> it's a Russian <laughs> doll <laughs> situation? <laughs> One was addressed to his sister, which had three envelopes in it. No, <laughs> <laughs> and one to I don't know who this is uh, one to somebody else Sunna Shiel and one addressed to Litterin the first one yeah uh, in the letter to Litterin it was written in English for some reason and uh, he wrote can I borrow and, uh, some Litterin was Swedish <laughs> can I borrow some money <laughs> he said here's my uh, you're on my life insurance put it all on book <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but my dying wish. <laughs> Put it all on black. Always bet on black. Pow. Put my mother's house <laughs> on twenty-two black. France on twelve. <laughs> he wrote, "I have made such a mess of things that I believe this to be the most satisfactory solution for everybody concerned." Huh? For him? Please take care of these two letters. Also, see that two letters which were sent a couple of days ago by Jordal to me at 5 Victor Five Avenue, Victor Emmanuel, are returned to Jordal. The letters were sent by Majestic. Goodbye now and thanks. I.K. He was interred in Nora Bregovning's Platzen in Stockholm. Hmm. His family believed he got murdered. Uh, okay. It was only more than 30 years after his death that many previously classified Kruger and Toll documents and Ivar Kruger documents were made public. Mm -hmm. Based on these and his insights in his brother's business and life, his brother Torsten wrote a book in 1963 called Kruger and Toll describing how uh, the company had been taken over and how the, then the other Kruger companies were taken over. Mm. Uh, in 65... There was another book published. Uh, it's supposed to be another tell-all. It seems like they're trying to just <laughs> make yeah, it. Yeah, what would it be for if it was murder? If they had taken over before it was so it's like... The 65 book was called Sanningen om Ivar Kruger. And it was published in English as The Truth at Last. Claiming his brother had been murdered. I'm pretty sure he killed himself. Of course he did. Det är uh, väl, varför skulle han göra det? Okej, okay. let's read the countries one more time. <laughs> <laughs> and, then when he, and then when he died, mm -hmm. after the death, there was uh, something that they called in the financial industry the Kruger crash. Oh. It hit investors and companies worldwide, mm. particularly hard in the U.S. He did mm. a lot of business there. In 1933 and 34, the U.S. Congress passed several security reform legislations that were meant to prevent a repeat of the Kruger crash. Wow. These bills were largely successful in their mission, and the American financial industry did not witness frauds of the same magnitude until the Enron scandal and Bertie Madoff's Ponzi scheme. Ha, huh, shit. So this guy really did a number. Folk var lite nervösa när han dog. 
kan man säga. Yeah. Samtidigt sitter Rickard Tändare läser tidningen och tänder sin pipa med samma devis som han använt kvällen innan. Exactly. Tänkte, life is good. They said uh, of the 630 million worth of assets that the company said they had 200 million came from the match business. Mm-hmm. 30 million were in the bank and the other 400 million were merely categorized as other investments. Bra, härligt, luddigt. When the company finally <laughs> went bankrupt at the end of March 1932, claimed assets of 250 million dollars in uh. 1932 uh. turned out to be non-existent. Wow. Oh, what a fraud. Yeah. Uh, that's about it, man. The Wallenberg family was affected. Standby company group Handelsbanken. Shit. Um, they all, uh, they all were affected. Yeah. And eventually took over the Kruger Empire. Shit. Swedish match recovered shortly after the crash because everybody needed matches. Yeah. Uh, and most of the industrial companies did because he bought companies that were yeah, know, yeah, yeah. doing their thing. And uh, Swedish Match received a large government guaranteed loan that was fully repaid after several years. Skönt. Ifall man gillar rökare. Men yeah. är, så, historiskt sett, är han sedd som en bedrägare eller finns det någonting att han liksom bidrog? Alla de här företagen f- levde ju under hans tid ändå. Mm-hmm. Även om de levde på en lögn. Yeah. Men är han sedd bara som en bedragare eller finns det också som att han var en framgångsrik affärsman på sitt sätt? I think he's saying, like, somebody had the term that I put in here as the last line of this, of genius swindler. Yeah. And I think that's what we have to end it on. You know what I mean? Like It encapsules both those things. Yeah, he was a genius. Yeah. yeah. He was ahead of the game. Mm. He obviously was really, really smart, and he took on the lessons he learned, but he did it for bad. Yeah. Kind of bad. You know what I mean? I yeah. Depends how you look at it. Oh, it's fucking bad. Man, uh, yeah, the things are very sucky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that's the story of the genius swindler, Ivar Kruger. Sorry, that, I mean, that's a, that's how long this episode yet, but that shit was... That was great, yeah. I loved crazy, it. Yeah. Crazy story. That was... Uh, that was uh, that, it was so worth it. When you... When you saw that he had a spelberoende, that's fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's got the personality of it anyway. At like minute 48, but oh, and he had a gambling problem. <laughs> Mamba, yes! <laughs> you put that in my veins! Vad driver Ivar? Ja, ja. Nu förstår vi. It's the slot machines. <laughs> yeah, man. Cool, uh, thank you so much. Yeah, that was man. Uh, fan, vilken historia. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Aldrig hört. Aldrig hört. I found it because I, I just looked up. I, I watched that Bernie Madoff thing. Yeah. Some of it, the documentary. I watched the oh, first. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a documentary about Mer- Bernie Madoff. And I was kind of fascinated by it. And I was like, there has to be a Swedish yeah, Bernie yeah, Madoff. Yeah. Oh, cool. And I was looking for like Swedish Ponzi scheme. I just typed that in. And this guy came up. Nice. And I was like, oh, wow. And I read about it. And then, yeah, that's it. Oh, a nice. Cool. Interesting story, man. And there's probably more. You know, I was jumping around a little bit. but. Det är alltid när vi... Vi försöker ju ändå liksom få ihop det på... Fan vad kul, alltså hoppas, hoppas det här inspirerar er också att skicka fler grejer. Skicka till, yeah. uh, till uh, vår gmail, teachmissweden.gmail.com yes. eller om man vill skicka det på svenska, teachmissweden.gmail.com uh, <laughs> um, 
Om ni vill att Jonathan läser det så skickar det på engelska. Om ni vill att jag läser det, skickar det på mitt modersmål. Yes. Eh, så får vi se till det. Så ser vi till att vi får det. Yeah, and uh, patreon.com slash teachmesweden if you want to support. As little as 10 crowns, you can uh, be a Patreon subscriber and, uh, you know, help us out. It's a little bit of work behind this and you get, like, ad-free episodes and other stuff. Ja, men fan gör det så vi tjänar lite pengar. På tal om att tjäna pengar, hur går det med Laugh House? <laughs> Go to laughhouse.se to get tickets, man. Uh, hurry up, because these shows are selling out. People are coming to check out some comedy. Mostly English shows, and we also have our Svashkala Sp- uh, stand-up shows so uh, where we book a bunch of yeah. make you laugh yeah, so check us out cool cool and what about you man presensimpro.se uh, buy the tickets come and laugh yes we'll catch y'all later man it's been John the Rollins teaching you Sweden peace Finans <laughs> Fred I don't know what that means <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>